Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, on Mondays, we are lucky enough at One Rental at a Time time to talk to Taylor from Life Goal Investments, a 10-year Wall Street veteran and someone whose life mission at Life Goal Investments is to take the experience from serving the 1% and bring it to the masses. We talked to him about all kinds of things from stock markets to crypto to the economy, and today will be no different. We're going to start with CPI in the jobs market, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for the kind words there. Um, yeah, CPI is coming up here on Wednesday, and this is a big month because when you look back at last year, this was the high water mark in June of last year. Yeah. Well, let's start with the jobs first. I, I don't know. I'm. I think you were on vacation last week, but I'm sure you still saw the blowout ADP report on Thursday, yep. 497,000, followed by a miss from the BLS on Friday at 209. What do you think about jobs first, and then we'll we'll close with inflation and CPI? It was a very, very, very confusing week, I think, to anybody who was watching jobs. Because granted, what they measure, the BLS, and what ADP, private payrolls, measures are two different things, obviously. But for them to come in that drastically different was something that I don't think anyone was expecting. So when you saw ADP come out and more than double their expectations for how many jobs we added for the month, you looked at it and said, okay, we have to see a big number come out from the government, the BLS as well. And then it didn't. And it was such a weird, like, you felt like you got a gut punch because, you know, ADP came out so hot and you're like, oh man, this is an inflationary problem. And you feel like you get a gut punch and then the wind gets back to your sail and you say, okay, maybe it's not as bad as it was when the BLS report hits, but it was a weird yeah, and, week. And the BLS report was actually weaker than the headline, right? Not only was 209 a miss, Correct. but they, they subtracted, I don't know, 100, 110 or whatever from previous months. Uh, wage is still relatively strong at 0.4 increase. Uh, so again, wage inflation is proving sticky. It, it, I think it will be the stickiest part of inflation, like we've talked about all year. But yeah, I think it's clear to see that the job markets is falling in. Least one more one more talk about ADP and BLS. In my opinion, and as a Wall Street veteran, please correct me. The only number that matters is BLS. Correct. ADP is interesting for about 24 hours. Correct. And correct. then it's irrelevant. It's always two days before. So it's it's something that you can try to get a little bit of an idea and the insights of what's coming in the BLS. But the Federal Reserve and policymakers don't give a darn about what ADP is. It is all what the BLS says. So these numbers came in weak, right? Weaker than expected. And that is a bit of a reprieve on the inflationary front. But to your point, you, you did still see a sticky number from a wage growth perspective. And so it's it's kind of that back and forth. And, and when you look at kind of the most leading, so so labor is always a lagging economic indicator, but the most leading of the labor lagging economic indicators, if that makes sense, is initial jobless claims. And so jobless claims on you know kind of a, a rolling basis over the last three months or so have seen a tick up. And so that does allude to the fact that this job market might be softening some, which is welcomed to the ears of the Federal Reserve. And then one more final point about ADP and the jobs number. Let's not forget that they 
they've always historically been two days before last week was a, a short week. So it was a day before, uh, but their ability to quote unquote, stick the number was so bad that they actually went back and took it off for two months or three months as they rejiggered their calculations. So I think this is only the third month back. So let's, we probably should have been more aware uh, that ADP was uh, maybe suspect, especially with a huge miss like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's 300,000 jobs almost right. Yeah, off of, of what it was expected. Yeah. Yeah. Well now let's get to CPI. Cause again, this is the last inflation reading before the next meeting. I think the next meeting by the feds on the 26th and 27th of this month, late July. Uh, I believe PCE will be the day after the fed talk. So this is the last inflation reading. Um, I think expectations are 3.1 headline and Yep. five for core uh how do those numbers feel for you again even three one that that'll come down from four so clearly a downward trajectory it's a big tick down yeah and we did see a full percentage what was it two months ago i think yep. michael two months ago mm -hmm. we saw a, a full percentage shaved off of inflation on the cpi headline number and yeah so we're, we're gonna see you know if expectations are in line almost a full percent to come off here as well it's funny i looked back at the month to month stats looking back at last year. So 9.1% was the high water mark that we hit in June. But when you look at it on a month over month basis, inflation went up 1.4% last June in the single month. Yeah. So that is, that is what we're going to see rolling off here after this month, which is why we expect to see a big number tick down. But then the subsequent months went zero, zero, 0.2, negative 0.1, negative 0.3. So essentially mm. for six months there, you're not going to get any reprieve from last year in the big numbers rolling off. So this is the last time we're going to get that big tick downwards based on the base effect of last year. And then moving forward, it's going to be much, much tougher mm. sledding for the Fed to continue to shave numbers off of this inflationary backdrop. Yeah. You know, this is something I've definitely tried to help the audience understand. I actually am calling for not only three, one, I'm calling for two, nine. I've been calling for that for three or four weeks, mainly because of the base effect, mainly because commodities have an uptick, mainly because used cars. And I think we'll get just a tick of shelter coming in. So I am calling two, nine on the headline, uh, but you're right. I've actually said, I think yesterday for the first time, I expect August, the, you know, the July reading reported in August to go up. Yeah. And I think that'll shock people, right? It'll go from two, nine to three. Um, but again, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the trend, the you know, the, the direction in general is, is, is what is the big change. So if you get this drop off and then it starts to go like this, and we've seen this happen around the world, right? This isn't something that's, that's oh, yeah. just unique to the United States. You're seeing people have inflation come down and then start to tick back up. And it's a tough thing to start to, uh, you know, start to deal with. And that's why the Fed is in such a tricky situation here where they have seen this massive come down from the top on headline inflation, at least, but they still have a lot, a lot of work to do. And that's where they're weighing this game of, do we have to keep raising rates? Do we not? So on and so forth. And, and, and at this point, they've made it evidently clear that they absolutely are going to raise rates in July um, at the meeting later on. But uh, how many more times between now and the end of the year, they're saying one more, we'll see. Yeah. Well, let's go to core. Core is the reason. Core, in my opinion, if if they raise, core will be the reason, right? And, I, and last month was 5.3. Expectations are 5. I'm actually calling 4.9. Uh, again, I think we'll beat on that front. Uh, and What's again, as I... Go ahead. 
No, well, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but you mentioned something before, and I want to ask you, you do think we're going to start to see some shelter trickle through now? Exactly. It'll come in this month very light, uh, but it starts to get better next month and incrementally better thereafter. Hence, I think core. So we've seen headline come down. I think core starts to act the same way two, three, four months. I think, you know, I think core will be four nine, as I shared. If you ask me what it'll read in October, it'll probably be in the threes because shelter will come off and cars and all these other components. So uh, I think there's a good chance that both headline and core are roughly 3%, you know, come September, October. And, and, and that makes sense for your thought process as to how many more rate hikes are to come. So I, I think that if the Fed were not to go in July, I think they've made it evidently clear that that's their intention is to move again in July. Um, and then And then they're saying one more beyond that. What's your take on that? I'm interested to hear. So my take on it is the July rate hike would be a mistake. I mean, frankly, I'm still going to stick with no, they shouldn't. Uh, I think it's always difficult at that pivot point. Uh, I do. I believe this as of, you know, right now, July 10th. Today, if the Fed did nothing, they could hold rates for 18 months. If the Fed raises one and heaven forbid two more times, they will be cutting rates in nine months or less. It's, it's, what do you want to do? Do you right. want to stay higher for longer? Great. You're there. Sit on your hands, do nothing. Commercial bank lending, you know, all, all the M2s collapsing, all of these things are helping. Frankly, they are rate increases without you even doing anything. Correct. Um, I believe, you know, again, I'm, I'm holding to my guns. They're not going to raise. I think they have three weeks, you know, between today and their rate increase. We start getting fed talk today, right? Three daily and, other folks are talking today. I think we're going to start to see some doves lay the groundwork for possibly not raising. Uh, I think the smart money, I think the last number I saw was 95% chance of a rate increase. Uh, dude, I'm on an island all by myself and I'm okay with that. I I think they're going to, I don't think they're going to raise. I, matter of fact, not only do I not think they should raise, I think a mistake is, I think a raise is a mistake. Yeah. And, and actually, as, as we look back over our last month's worth of conversations, I've said now for probably one or two hikes that they don't need to hike. And, and that was my take for, for some time, again, as the lagged effect spills through. But the reality for me, at least, is looking at the data and the notes uh, from their last meeting is that they are all, all the Fed presidents, all the Fed yeah. voting members are on board with, they think that one and likely two more need to happen. But I'm with you. What, what we could see based upon this is things start to crack again, breaks, you know, you know, things literally starting to break. And, and the Fed has traditionally done this, right? They have pushed us high enough to break things. And, and then you get chinks in the armor and things start to wither at the seams. And then the Fed stops and then they have to cut shortly thereafter. Historically, on average, it's about eight to nine months. And again, these are averages. So just take them mm -hmm. for what they're worth. Eight to nine months after the Fed stops raising rates that they start cutting rates. So yeah. to your point, if you leave them here, you can get a longer window of higher for longer, but traditionally they break something and they mess it up and then they have to cut quickly there. So it's always the last one, right? It's like, yeah. oh, the straw that broke the camel's back, whatever it is, right? And, and I think they are. at. And again, I'm not here saying it'll be an easy decision. I would argue probably the data, if you are really data dependent, probably says you should raise. I'm looking at the economy, looking at the signs, looking at banking. We're going to talk about banking in a, a subsequent ex episode. I think one of the things that may cause them not to raise is they get a couple of community bank reports that are ugly. 
right? So, um, oh, there, there is no doubt that there is possibility for that. Barron's wrote an article this weekend talking about you must, must, must see mergers in the banking sector. You can't yeah. see a 10 to 20% outflow of deposits without getting mergers. And we haven't really seen them in any meaningful way yet. Yeah, I think I read an article this weekend talking about over the next five to 10 years that we may have 50% less banks in America. CNBC has an article out just today. It talks about the fact that the U.S. has 4,681 banks. That's not exact, but that's really close. Yeah. And you look at Germany, France, the major company, the major countries in Europe. Now, granted, they're smaller countries, don't get me wrong, but they have 300 at max yeah. versus exactly. ours, 4,600. Yeah. So again, folks, we actually talked about it on the Daily Financial News today. You can go check it out, uh, Financial News, uh, January, not January, July 10th. Where'd that come from? Anyways, uh, Taylor, Life Goal Investments, where can people find you? Yeah, find us on TikTok and on Instagram, at Life Goal Investments. Appreciate you, Michael. Awesome, buddy. Thanks again.